Hi, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys are joining me today. Today is Tuesday, January the 11th, and today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about courage and cowardice. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, I hope you're doing good this Tuesday. Lots of things happening in the news. But today, I'm going to take, and maybe a little bit shorter podcast, but today I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about the difference between cowardice and courage. Uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess it's been, no, a year ago. Oh my goodness, you guys, I'm losing track in in COVID. It's just, uh, I feel like I've fallen down a wormhole. Do you guys ever feel that way sometimes? Anyway, uh, I did a study on the book of Revelation, and it's called People Get Ready. If you guys are looking for an awesome study uh, in Revelation, you can find that at HeidiStJohn.com. Just look, uh, click on the store. That study is called People Get Ready. Again, it's a three-month study uh, in the book of Revelation. And speaking of, of uh that study, I run an organization called Mom Strong International, and we do Bible studies there every single month. And I'm just trying to encourage people getting off the bench and onto the battlefield, understand God's word, know God's world and your place in it. And God said he has a, a, a plan and a purpose for your life. And this is true for every single person listening to this today. We are learning how to study the Bible right now at MomStrong International. It's a great time for you guys to join us. And you can find out more information and you can join me at MomStrongInternational.com. I have a brand new book coming out next year. I cannot wait for you guys to get your hands on it. Uh, it's called Mom Strong 365. It's a 365-day devotional for mothers. Actually, any pretty much anyone who has influence in the life of a child is going to be encouraged by that book. But I'm very excited to be a part of the uh, the one year brand over at Tyndale, and cannot wait for that to come out. And you guys are going to be hearing more about it in the months to come. And as soon as you can pre order it, uh, I will definitely let you know. But back to what I was saying, we we did a study in the Book of Revelation, and something really surprised me about. Uh, Revelation, in the very, very end of the Bible, in Revelation 21, 8, uh, it appears that God has a very, very strong opinion about cowardice. God does not want his people enslaved to fear. And in Revelation 21, 8, it says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Holy moly, it looks to me like the Bible is condemning cowards to hellfire along with murderers and sorcerers. So there are other translations that don't use the word cowardly or cowardice or cowards. They use fearful in place of cowardly. Uh, but I don't actually think that those things, I think that the right word is cowardice. So what does that mean? Right? So if he's not talking about fearful, there's a difference between fearful. And this is why I appreciate that they, that, uh, that the Bible speaks, this is the ESV, that the Bible uses that they use the word cowardly. So in the Greek, the word, and I'm going to link to uh, gotquestions.org on cowardice for this, you guys. By the way, uh, I try very, very hard to reference every single thing. If I go beyond my own understanding, which happens oh, almost every day, uh, I'm going to link back to articles that I look at, websites that I look at, people that I quote, that kind of thing. And so uh, there was a great article on this in Got Questions 
And I'm going to link back to it. So if you guys want to do more of a study on it, you can. But in the Greek, the word translated cowardly implies fearfulness and timidity. The dictionary defines a coward as someone who lacks the courage to do difficult, dangerous, or unpleasant things. A coward consciously shies away from unpleasant situations, instead doing whatever he needs to do to save his own skin, thereby enslaving himself to fear. Cowardice is sometimes linked to a guilty conscience. Proverbs 28, 1, the wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Scripture has a whole lot to say about being a slave to fear, and it tells story after story after story of people, some of them godly, who gave into fear. So Peter is a great example. He was a dude that showed cowardice and enslavement to fear. You guys remember this? He denied Jesus three times. Why? In order to save his own life, right? Uh, are you the one who uh, who knows the Lord? And Peter's like, oh no, dude, that's not me. I don't know who you're talking about. Why? He was a coward in that moment. Uh, later during the time of the early church, Peter decided to refrain from eating with the Gentiles out of fear for the circumcision party that the Judaizers were a part of. So his fear was that he would be criticized by his Jewish brothers. Uh, and so it kept him from obeying God because God told him, dude, accept the Gentiles into the community of believers and freely eat and drink with them. And despite his cowardice, the Bible says that Jesus loved him and continued to call him a disciple. Uh, got questions on it, or I love that they said this. With Jesus' forgiveness and the gift of his sanctifying spirit, Peter learned to live a life full of great faith and boldness despite facing persecution. And you can see this in 1 Peter chapter 4 and again in John 12, uh, 21 verses 12 to 19. And Peter, Peter's story, I think, is a profile in humanity because I think we all have our moments and certainly we're learning how to have more courage. Uh, a, a really dear friend of mine said the other day that she has been asking the Lord to give her the courage to be able to stand up for what she knows is right, no matter what the consequence are. Joshua, another dude who led Israel, uh, remember that in the conquest of Canaan? And no one would ever call this guy a coward, but yet the Bible records that he struggled with fear because the Lord told him over and over again, don't be afraid. Why would the Lord tell him that if he didn't struggle with fear? And I know a lot of you are struggling right now, you know, with fear and various various um, aspects of our lives. And uh, I know this because I read your letters, because I am also one of you. Some of you guys think that I don't have a fearful bone in my body. I'm running for Congress. I've been very outspoken about my disdain of the COVID-19 vaccine mandates and this thing from the whole, you know, very beginning calling it a scamdemic and all the things. But the fact of the matter is I struggle with fear just like the next guy. And so like you and like me was Joshua. And he did amazing things for the Lord. And yet he appears to have struggled with fear. And it was an encouragement against cowardice that Joshua passed along to the Israelites in ten in uh, Joshua 10, 25. Joshua says to the Israelites then, do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous for the Lord will do all to your enemies against whom you fight. What was he saying? He was saying, God's going to fight for you. God is going to fight for you. The Bible tells us over and over again, do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. The Lord goes with you. Deuteronomy 31, 6. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I want you guys to look for just a moment 
at these are imperatives. In other words, they're commands. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. What does he say? Be strong and courageous. These are not suggestions. These are commands. So how could God expect us not to be afraid? Well, it's because he promises that his strength will help us. He will be with us. It's not that we are not afraid because of our own strength. It's because we recognize that God is the one who at the end of the day is going to either make it happen or not make it happen, right? And this has absolutely been true for me as I've entered into different seasons of my life. I remember the first time uh, I ever published a book. I wrote a book years ago called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance, which by the way, you guys can find almost anywhere online, also at my store. Basically, uh, it's a wonderful encouragement to stay married and uh, walks kind of through the story of my life, but just what the Lord has taught me about marriage. And you guys, when that book first came out, I was like, oh my word, people are going to read things I wrote. This is terrifying. And the Lord said, no, do the thing and I'm going to help you. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Uh, There are places all over scripture where God tells his people, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. And yet we struggle. And sometimes we play the coward and we enslave our own selves to fear because we don't take God at his word. Uh, We don't believe that he's actually with us. We don't believe he's actually going to strengthen us. And it's all right to experience fear. This is this is the Lord, you know, having compassion on us and having merciful mercy toward us. The Bible says that God is slow to anger and he abounds in mercy, abounds in love. And uh, we want to be able to cry out to God and say, Lord, help me because he has promised to be with us in our time of need. And the best example that we have in the Bible, of course, is Jesus. Uh, he did not let fear control him or keep him from obeying cross, uh, obeying God. The Bible says that he obeyed God even to death on a cross. And so as we move forward in the culture, no matter what happens in 2022, because things are going to happen that we are going to say, man, I didn't see that coming or, uh, or, or that was disheartening or upsetting or what, whatever it is, uh, the Bible tells us we do not have to fear because God is going to be with us and he'll never leave us and never forsake us. This was a large part of the impetus behind me announcing a run for Congress, knowing that it meant putting myself out there in a way that most people do not want to do. But remember, fearful living is not the mark of a disciple. So we are called to obedience. And what does that look like? Um, it, it looks like walking this this life out in a way that says, my hope is not here. My hope is in heaven. Do you want the best night's sleep you've ever had in your life? Well, after years of trying almost every brand out there, Jay and I switched to the MyPillow mattress, and we are so glad that we did. The MyPillow mattress is a medium-firm memory foam mattress that offers excellent support and above-average pressure relief and responsiveness. It works well for all sleeping positions and is excellent for anyone suffering from back pain. The MyPillow mattress is made right here in the United States and has a 10-year warranty, a six-month money-back guarantee, and FedEx will deliver it right to your door. It's easy to set up. Just unroll it and watch it come to life. You guys, check it out. See it for yourself for a 60-day trial period. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square or call one 800 
447-0541 and use promo code Heidi. MyPillow is made in the USA again, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. So you know it's going to last and it has a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you've got nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but we need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi to take advantage of this special offer. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, or call 1-800-447-0541. I looked up a book. There's there's a book called uh, Profiles and Courage. And John F. Kennedy wrote the book, I want to say in 19, let me look it up really quick, 1956. Yep. And he picked eight U.S. senators to exemplify the virtue of courage, which according to Ernest Hemingway is grace under pressure. And so I looked at at this, uh, I looked it up a little bit. It's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting book, but the New Testament also has a whole lot of examples of courageous Christians. And these guys went through so many hardships and they endured what they faced with grace. And it wasn't their grace, it was God's grace. And that's, I think, what I want you guys to hear. It's the Lord's grace. Uh, Timothy was encouraged and instructed and warned by Paul, you know, as he was entering his ministry, Paul was saying, dude, this is gonna be hard. He didn't gloss over the life of a Christian. It was a life of hardship. Uh, Paul warned Timothy that he was going to be challenged, that he was possibly going to be persecuted. And in fact, Paul's personal condition was an indication of what might happen to the other people that were following him, right? He was persecuted. He suffered things. Uh, He was in bonds. He was treated as a criminal. And he reminded Timothy of his experience in Asia. And then he warned him about Alexander the coppersmith. Do you guys remember that in 2 Timothy 4.14? And here was Paul's message. Be faithful to Christ. Be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. And then your faithfulness is going to bring persecution. And then he said, be strong. Keep the faith. And we want to do that. We want to do that no matter what roadblocks are in our way. We want to do that no matter if the world rejects us, and they will right? They absolutely, uh, this is a, this is, we're watching this happen at astonishing speed around the world right now, the persecution of Christians. And we can look to the Bible and we can see what we are supposed to do and how we are supposed to respond. Remember the story of Esther? I know you guys do. And so I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but remember at Mordecai, when Esther realizes, oh my word, Uh, I'm going to be asked to do something really hard. This is actually really scary. Mordecai, her cousin, does not let her off the hook. He's like, don't think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews are going to escape. Remember, he's talking about the plot of Haman to kill the Jews and his lying to Artaxerxes, this incredible king over all of Persia who had the authority and the ability to kill, really kill Esther at any time. And God placed Esther in this very unique situation and then asked her to do a very hard thing. And when she came up against it, Mordecai didn't give her any any leeway at all, no wiggle room. He said, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance from the Jews will come from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And then he went on to say what everyone remembers. Who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this? 
I mean, it really was it, it really was an amazing story. It kind of reads like a movie, like a modern day movie. But Esther, and this is what I want you guys to understand, Esther and Timothy and Peter and Paul, they understood the weight of the times that they lived in. And we need to understand the same thing. We need to understand what is going on around us in the present day. I talked about uh, the importance of truth the other day and recognizing that truth is in the crosshairs in the culture right now. And as believers, we must have a commitment to truth. And then once we have that commitment, that commitment to follow God, to understand the weight of the times that we live in, then we know, all right, I'm going to, my commitment is to obey the Lord. That's what Esther did, right? Esther decided, I'm going to go to the king. And even though it's against the law, if I perish, I perish. She knew that it was worth dying for. That, that, that obedience was worth it. And she served really as a testimony to a lot of us right now. Are we going to be able to speak? Are we going to be able to, to tell the truth? Esther did the, did the thing that God asked her to do. She walked this out in complete obedience. Uh, Noah, oh my goodness, you guys, Noah, if, if that doesn't come to mind, I mean, that guy was mocked and belittled. I, one of the things I love so much about my, my friend Ken Ham is he's taken the story that he has been mocked for, you know, uh, wildly around the world even, and said, no, I believe the Bible. I'm going to build the ark. I'm going to show everybody what the ark looked like. And he did it. He did the thing. Uh, adding, you know, and, and he was mocked for it, and yet he obeyed God. And that's what we see over and over and over again as we study the word of God, as we look at what the difference is between those who follow God and those who did not have the courage to do what God asked him to do. And sometimes our lives are going to stand in, well, actually often our lives are going to stand in stark contrast to the people around us, particularly if we are committed to walking with the Lord. Elijah comes to mind, right? This Old Testament prophet who came onto the scene in the book of First Kings, he served in his role as a prophet during a time in which the ruler of Israel was wicked. You guys remember King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, right? Jezebel. Uh, these dudes disobeyed the Lord. They brought wickedness upon the people of Israel who frankly had it coming because like many of us uh, in the country right now, we're watching, you know, these guys walked away from the Lord. They did, you know, Israel, Israel basically called down this, this season on themselves. But in first Kings 18, we see this culmination of, of uh, good and evil, this battle uh, between Elijah and and the wickedness of King Ahab. Ahab also, you know, a worshiper of other gods and his prophets uh, of Baal. And they were challenged by Elijah to a showdown to determine who's, who's God really is God. And it's, it's an incredible story. If you get a chance, read it with your kids, right? Because, um, you, you, I mean, you guys know the story, right? So he he sets up this uh, this altar and he tells the the prophets of Baal, rain down fire, you know, rain down fire on heaven. And he draws this line in the sand. And he says, I believe that my God is going to do the thing. My God will do it. And ultimately, of course, he he's victorious. Uh, and when you read the passage, you guys know how the story ends, right? The prophets of Baal are going to go to great lengths. They embarrass themselves. Elijah makes fun of them. He sort of mocks them. Uh, Elijah calls on his God to answer him. And God answers with fire. 
and consumes the altar and the people fell down and worshiped the Lord God for who he was. This came out of an act of great courage because what would have happened? I often wonder, uh, you know, if Elijah had called out to God and God hadn't answered him and here he'd been spending all this time, you know, mocking the gods of, of Baal and the other gods that, that Ahab and the wicked queen Jezebel worshiped. But his faith was in the Lord. Years ago, when my husband and I were looking at opening a homeschool resource center, you know, uh, I could sit here all day long and tell you stories of the things that God asked us to do to get this place up off the ground. And one of them was to uh, walk around this property that we felt like God was going to give to us. And we prayed over that. And I'm telling you what, you guys, uh, moms, homeschool moms would show up with babies in tow and strollers and teenagers would come along. And we we literally marched like the children of uh, of Israel around the walls of Jericho. And we were claiming that God was going to give this, give us this property. And remember one, one day, one of my kids said to me, mom, what if God doesn't answer your prayer? What if God doesn't do the thing that we have asked him to do and wanted him so badly to do? What then? And I realized that it was coming almost from a place of embarrassment from my child who was thinking, my parents could be really embarrassed. Maybe God's not going to give us a homeschool resource center. Maybe you didn't hear from the Lord. But the fact of the matter is we knew what we were doing was an act of obedience. And our walking around the city of battleground was putting that obedience and our faith in the Lord on a display in a way that we had never done it before. And we wanted our children to see that God could do it. And even if God didn't do it, we knew that he had asked us to do that. And so we were going to obey. And when Elijah obeyed, knowing that the power to perform the miracle didn't come from him, it came from God. The people weren't in awe of Elijah. They were in awe of God. And that's what this is all about. You see, when God shows up, everything changes. And our lives should bring glory to the Lord. And that is why God asks us to be strong and courageous because we want to point people to him. That courageous spirit that God commands us to have, that lack of fear, that willingness to stand in the face of adversity, it helps us to point people to Jesus Christ. And even sometimes when we play the coward, we, we then are struck by our own sin and our own need for God and hopefully coming back to the Lord and saying, Lord, forgive me. Remember, you guys, when we fall into cowardice, what we're really doing is we're enslaving ourselves to fear. The question is, do we take God at his word? Do we believe him? My grandmother used to say to me, Heidi, he's either good or he isn't. He's either God or he's not. And you're going to live your life in a way that says one thing or the other is true. And so today, uh, that's my encouragement, you guys. I'm going to encourage you, uh, ask the Lord for courage today. Ask him to help you think um, his thoughts, to think God thoughts, to live your lives free from fear and instead walk this thing out that God's asked you to do in faith. There is a blessing in it. Uh, I'm out of time for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to come back tomorrow uh, with a guest and you guys are going to be so encouraged. I know I was, and I hope that these 
podcasts are encouraging you. If they are, and you guys would join our financial support team, we'd be very grateful, particularly for recurring monthly gifts. Uh, As those are coming in, that helps us stay on the air. And so if this podcast is a blessing to you, one way that you can bless us is by helping us uh, stay on the air by those uh, monthly gifts of support and financial uh, encouragement to us. Also, you can join me at MomStrong International as we study the Word of God together. It's a great way to get into the Word and also to support the ministry of MomStrong International. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.